You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. Of course, I want to welcome our listeners, but I always welcome our new listeners. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. You can check out our podcast on many platforms, but you can always go to anchor.fm slash NEC podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. It definitely helps. But also sharing this podcast with your colleagues definitely supports the podcast. Another way to support the podcast is by checking out our partners. To check out a list of our partners, please go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. You could check out a list of partners, including the Haugen Consulting Group, RadRx, Project Resume, and so much more. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our two-part series with Victoria Mole from Contempo Coding. In this podcast episode, we go into more detail about her YouTube channel. We go into the equipment such as computer, laptops, camera, microphone, lights. But I think what's most important is the storyboarding and the planning and the writing. So without further ado, I'll let Victoria Mole explain it all for you. Please enjoy the episode. Thank you. So let's get into your YouTube channel, right? So, okay. uh, when you created Contempo Coding, was was the YouTube channel in mind, or were you just gonna do webinars? But how how did how did the YouTube get into the mix of of your company, Contempo Coding? You know, so I think I had started making some videos uh, years ago. Like I think I did one on wound care coding or something, but it just it didn't work out too well, and I've had to really put it on the back burner for a while. Um, I am someone who was married at 28 and divorced at 31 and I had moved back home when I was 31 and um, it was shortly also after my mother had passed away from pancreatic cancer and my dad wanted me to be home and kind of help take care of him and I needed daycare so I'm like oh built-in daycare this will work out fine Um, so I was home for a while and then I met my boyfriend and we were working on you know finding a house but we had a series of just really unfortunate events it's not my story to tell so i can't really talk about it um but we're we've been waiting for a while for him to finish finish up this engineering project that because of just the nature of it he doesn't get paid till it's done so we're like oh as soon as it's done like we'll buy a house and we'll be good and my house that i was living in with my dad like he was hard of hearing so there was constantly tv noise and all kinds of background noise so it really wasn't conducive to doing recording of videos because there wasn't like a space I could set up to do that. Uh, but I just kind of hit a point eventually where I'm like, you know what, I've got enough money saved away. I can buy a house. We're good. Like we're going and set up my office. And, uh, you know, I was, I really wanted to get everything set up so that it was YouTube appropriate. So I, I very intentionally, um, took this room. I made like the color, thankfully that it was already painted was okay. But I, it's, it's very intentionally set up like a certain way to record videos so that there's not like reflections so that I can have the lighting a certain way. Um, 
and even just like soundproofing. I had to soundproof this room too. I, well, I shouldn't say I'm, I had it soundproof, but like I intentionally put carpets in it to absorb some of the sound. I have sound panels that I have installed a little bit to absorb some of the echo in here. So it's been in the back of my mind for a while, but it's only been recently that I've been able to kind of execute it for those reasons. And, you know, it's interesting because I finally started getting some videos up. Like I started dabbling at uploading videos. Like I uploaded some videos here and there, but not anything consistent. Reason being is, you know, when you start in something like YouTube, like one of the first things they tell you is you just have to start. Like your first few videos that you're gonna upload are, are gonna be garbage, don't worry about it. Like you'll get better over time. You just, you just need to start uploading some stuff. So that's what I did. But when I really started uploading consistently, very coincidentally happened to be when we started the lockdowns and everyone was home and they're consuming media. So, you know, here I am, I, I spent months researching these algorithms with YouTube and how to shoot these videos, how to get them to pop up first on, on YouTube. And it, I think it really helped kind of elevate things because it was just really good timing. You know, I was very fortunate in that matter. And also because I had that slow growth. Like I said, I published my first article in Healthcare Business Monthly in 2014 and then did speaking engagements and kept publishing articles. I'm on the board of directors for the chapter association for the AAPC. So I've been very visible. So there's been a lot faster growth for my channel versus some other channels. And I actually get more views than some people that even have more subscribers and have been around longer just because I spent that extra time kind of researching YouTube and understanding and, and knowing how to produce things that will get picked up by YouTube. And actually, people don't don't realize this sometimes, but, you know, the most the largest and most popular search engine in the world is Google. But the second most popular is actually YouTube. So people don't think about YouTube as a search engine, but it really is. And if you go into YouTube right now, and this might change uh, soon because of the algorithms, but if you go in there right now and type in medical coding into YouTube, the very first video that comes up is a video that I made called how to get started in medical coding. Hold on, let me check. Checking, oh, <laughs> there you are. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And it's, it's on, actually I, I did a search so on I Bing. Think which is the Microsoft version. Uh, so regardless, you're still on the first one. And then that video mm -hmm. itself, what, what's the name of it? Hold on. It is getting started in metal coding. And yeah. that has about 7.2 thousand views. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty good, especially considering, like I said, I've not been, been regularly uploading for a long period of time. Uh, but the subscribership has been growing pretty steadily. I get about maybe a little over 200 subscribers every week. Nice. Wow. And, yeah. That's amazing. Per yeah. week. So that, yeah, a week. Wow. And the goal is to get obviously monetized. You don't make a ton of money off of YouTube right, right. advertisements and stuff. Like I think a lot of people have said it's like a dollar for every thousand views or something <laughs> wow. like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it does help out because, you know, it, there is equipment costs that I have to, to spend. You know, I have uh, editing software that I have to pay for. I have. Well, let's, you know, let's let me ask this question then. All right. So mm -hmm. uh, if somebody wanted to create their own YouTube channel, I've seen some people do it. Uh, I've seen some uh, prominent professionals start to create their own. 
But yeah. even for the even for the the simple person like myself, <laughs> I'm just a simple person by myself. Look at me getting a, a laptop with 32 gigs of RAM and stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways, for people, regular people who, and I think you you made a message known. Like, look, you don't have to be a total expert uh, to mm-hmm. do a podcast, to do a YouTube channel, to uh, do a national speaking gig. Uh, and I've always been a, a big advocate for just share what you know. And, right. and, and, and when you do it, the, you'll get noticed. And, and as you get noticed, you'll develop that personality and so forth. So for somebody who wants to create a YouTube channel, what are some of the core requirements? What are some of the basic things that you would need to start your YouTube channel? So one of the places that I go to find out information is this great channel. It's called Think Media. And the thing I like about Think Media and Sean Cannell is they'll tell you like, oh, if you're going to start a YouTube channel today in 2020, you know, buy the Canon EOS M50. That's the most popular vlogging camera and it's the most easy to use. But if you don't have any money to start up, here's how you make an entire video with your cell phone. And if you have a little bit of extra money, you can spend $20 on a Boya lavalier microphone, which is like a little clip-on microphone, that'll help your audio. And you can also maybe buy this cheap lighting or something, or just use natural sunlight. So they tell you like how to do it with the equipment you already have. Like the best camera you can have is the one that is in your hand. Like if you, if you can't afford anything else, like just start using whatever you have. And I actually film all of my YouTube videos with my phone. Like I use my, my you kidding Galaxy me. S20. <laughs> no. Wow. I have, and I'll show you guys, I'll move my camera over. I have a big ring light. Yeah. That's what I want to, I want to is the ring light. Oh, nice. I have the big ring light and then I hook my phone into the middle of it and then I just start shooting that Oh way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's like I already have my phone. And what I would do with like a, a, a camera, like an EOS M50 would not, I don't think quality wise be all that significantly better than what I could shoot with my cell phone. Mm. So I'm like, well, why spend the $500 on a camera mm. if I can do it with the equipment I already have? Like I have a little USB-C microphone that I plug in, a shotgun mic that I use now. I used to use a, a, the, the clip-on microphone, but now I got like a little shotgun mm-hmm. mic, which is a, you know, a, a boom mic. You might have. Might, so it's like a small. Uh, so for those who are listening, it's a small microphone that attaches to the to your phone, and there mm-hmm. are adapters that that have the the. So there, where's my phone? I'll grab a phone. So here's a phone. So here's here's the phone itself, right? So there's it, it would attach to one of these USB. Well, no, you have a different, but it was a USB the the, yeah. the jack here, and then you would attach it right onto the to the camera. And uh, oh, there you go. You got we we're, we're live on the camera. There you go. Oh, nice. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I just shoot like that. And you could actually do podcasts too with that as well, and and record. How's the sound on those? The audio is okay mm-hmm. for what it's for video, but I I actually bought myself a proper microphone mm-hmm. and the the pop filter in case I do want to do a podcast, which is something I'm thinking nice. about. I actually opened up after I got my my microphone, because I'm like, oh, this will be good for webinars and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and it'll be better audio when I'm doing virtual meetings and webinars and stuff. And, you know, like I said, my boyfriend's a gamer, so he's like, oh, yeah, get a Yeti and get this and get this and the boom mic, and this is how you set it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I trust you. you. You're the one that watches all the Twitch streams and has all the friends or whatever. Right. So... <laughs> 
Um, so he helped me get that kind of figured out and set up. What kind of microphone um, do you have? You have a. You said you had a Yeti. What kind of Yeti do you yeah. have? Is it the it's, big one, the blue Yeti? It's, it's yeah, it's just the standard blue Yeti. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, but yeah, it's funny because after I bought it, because I've been saying for a while, like I'm not going to start a podcast. Like I'm not a talker. I'm a speaker. Right. And you know, I don't I don't have a lot of extra time on my hands right now. I just <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Um, but as I as I was playing with it, like I opened up Audacity because I hadn't opened that up in like years, mm. and I'm like, okay, let's see if I can record something this with this and see how it sounds. And as I'm like playing with it, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is like, I'm sorry, Brian, I don't mean to insult you, but like this is like child, this is like child's play mm-hmm. compared to editing yeah, video. Yeah, no, right, no, <laughs> I, you're you're absolutely right because, um, even my my 16 year old daughter does it, and she spent. How many hours? The first five hours, five hours in one day editing a the one with my kids. So it was one, two, three, four, four tracks, four tracks. And she was editing everybody through. And she did that in about five hours on her first try. So it is editing audio is very simple. It's simply it's simply like cutting out a part of a sentence and then just just you know just doing that but if but i think the trick with um and we'll get back to your youtube channel but the trick is and i try and coach people who do podcasts is don't talk so fast and don't because if you've listened to my previous podcast or at least when i've listened to them i talk really fast and blah, 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 right so what happens is that if i talk really fast i can't if i make a mistake i can't correct it because in the midst of the mistake, if I don't create a silence, I can't in the edit part just cut it out. So I've learned to slow down my speaking. There's no more ums and ams. I just know to just pause and stop because it's easier to uh, take the pauses and just put them together and make it sound so smooth. So that's the thing with, you know, yeah, it is child's play. But but if the if the speaker or, or the the interviewer is talking really fast, like they're nervous, mm-hmm. um, it, it gets very difficult to edit, especially when you're doing an hour long session versus a, a right. video. So it can get tedious, but it, the editing part is really easy. And I really enjoy doing my own video editing. Like I've noticed there's some channels that are starting up now that are from um, already established educational institutions mm-hmm. or organizations that you can tell like they're they're professionally produced yes uh-huh and same thing with podcasts when i look yeah so when i'm when i'm looking at them i'm like you can tell that they're very professionally produced mm-hmm. versus like i don't i don't know that i would ever be able to give up personally editing my videos <laughs> same, here. Reason, same here reason being is you know when they're professionally edited all they're doing is like taking out the little ums or doing the cuts but like I was making a video recently about um, something about sort of, oh, oh, the differences between taking the CPC exam online now versus in person. And when I was talking about it, I went, oh yeah, so one of the benefits of taking it online is you don't have to fill out that little bubble sheet and worry that you're gonna miss question 10 and then you're gonna go on to question 11 but accidentally put it in number 10 spot. So you don't have to worry that you're gonna mess up your whole bubble grid because you got things out of alignment. And as I'm editing it, I think to myself, you know what? Is someone who's just sitting for their coding exam gonna know what I mean when I say bubble grid? And I thought, you know what? I have a PDF example of the bubble grid. I'll just take that and make a snip and make an image 
and then I'll put it into the video. So when I say, oh yeah, about the bubble grid, it goes and it pops up the little image of it. So you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And a professional editing company isn't going to know to do that. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's 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 um like I had I, since I'm actually producing podcasts now, I'm actually producing another person's podcast. And um, at least, w- w- you know, when I had my daughter do it, she asked if she wanted to do it. C- could I do it? But but this one had, uh, you know, a CDI professional and two physicians. So there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the content you can you, I said, uh, don't touch this one because you know you can edit it all the remove all the ands and the ums but there are certain things that need to be put together the mm-hmm. the content the material needs to flow that's why it's 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 your baby right so the, I, I, I like how you said you're not going to give it i will never give up editing my own podcast unless it's uh you know my daughter will practice on it but i will never allow anybody else because i can tell I can tell, uh, you know, when when it's, um, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, I, you, you you may give somebody you can you could always source out your editing. That's fine, maybe for time constraints. But I refuse to do it because mm-hmm. um, I think if I give it to somebody else, it loses its image, right? It mm-hmm. loses. You want to make sure you maintain the image, and and I I try to just stay in it. Don't don't touch my stuff. I'm going to do it. That's why it spends, it takes so much time to, to do just a podcast episode. So imagine trying to do a YouTube channel now. Um, it's crazy. So here's my, another question that I want to ask. Let's get back to your YouTube channel. Since we're going such on a tangent. Um, so microphone, uh, lavalier, which is the, uh, the little lapel that you see there. Yeah. So for those that are wondering what lavalier is, she has that. I've seen you with that. Um, you have your cell phone for video. You have a boom mic, which attaches to the, um, which attaches to the camera. Uh, you have the little circle light for good lighting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's what I need next. But I just can't figure out where to put it in this this office here. So that's why I'm trying to figure things out. Like I don't want I don't want this door here. <laughs> I really don't want that door in the background because because there are times where I have a video go uh, like a, a webinar going on and my family just just walks on past i'm like you know i'm like doing like do it you know trying to hide away so the the two the two things that i'm very much interested in is the computer right so what computer do you have and what software are you using to edit your um your videos so uh kind of funny going back again uh my boyfriend's an engineer and a gamer so he actually had me purchase a gaming laptop nice because it has the video editing, it's used to producing a lot of video. It's used to having high quality video cards. Uh-huh. So my my computer is actually a Republic of Gamers. You're laptop. kidding me. I was... it's, <laughs> wow. it's pretty expensive. Uh-huh. It has little flashy light. The Asus, right? It's I... Asus. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's the one. Yep, that's the one I have. And it was, I think, like $1,300 wow. um, to, to purchase that laptop. Yeah. Um, and I use a product called Filmora. Mm-hmm. to edit my video it's very user friendly okay. so that's what i liked about it um and i think that's maybe like 60 dollars a year for a subscription to to utilize the filmora software but it's nice because it gives you all the templates for like um how to make your name come in how to put subtitles oh, okay. in if you want how to do title screens and actually one of the unique things too about my channel is i have an intro video mm-hmm. like and it's little clips of me speaking and little clips yeah, of my yeah, other yeah, videos yeah. i made that myself mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about 
hiring a uh, freelancer to make it. And I was kind of looking at some of the, the things that I could have made. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I could, I'm paying for this video software. I could make, I can make this. Yeah. Like I could put text on there and do funny transitions where it zooms in or whatever right. and put some, you know, freeware audio on there. And that's what I did. And I made my own little, little theme song, I guess there, little intro. Oh, video. nice. Nice. I like that. I, I've dabbled in video editing long time ago when my kids were younger, you know, when I had like a, a hand camera um, and I had a, I had a, what was the software? Sony Vegas, which was like a cinematic software, <laughs> software craziness. Um, uh, so I'm impressed by your laptop, by the way. I'm very jealous. I, 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 I as mentioned earlier, I, I'm in the process of trying to do videos uh, but it won't be for a while because I have to, you know, the same yeah. way, do some research, same thing as doing your podcast, doing a podcast. You have to research how to do it, how to set it up, all the editing software. So here's what I have. I got a um, I went to Newegg, Newegg, uh, for those that are listening, Newegg, N-E-W-E-G-G dot com. Um, I was thinking about building one, but then, <laughs> but then I knew how to build it. You know, I watch the YouTube videos, of course, and I know to get. Uh, motherboard I know a processor I need the memory or sorry the RAM uh, which for your gaming I'm sure what is it 16 16 gigabytes or 32 do you know you don't (laughs) okay I'm going to assume I'm going to assume 1300 maybe about 16 gigabytes and the Republic of Gaming it has a very high um what do you call that graphic card right so so i'm sure the video looks great in there so i'm assuming 16 16 gigabytes uh you know because i think when i started when i started out i was still trying to hack things together on like an old dell laptop and it i'd go to export the video and it would crash Mm -hmm. like it, it couldn't even do it that's what happened to me i i bought um I bought a, a DJ Osmo pocket, you know, the little little camera with the little swivel head and all of that. And I just took it out of the box and I started recording and it was recording in 4K, 4K. And, and I said, well, great. And, you know, let me let me try and edit this 4K video on my laptop that only has eight gigs of uh, eight gigabytes of memory. And it was so slow to edit. And, and I had to. Uh, scale it down to 1080p even 1080p uh, which is the resolution if you're wondering uh, those that are listening it was still slow and then to render it uh, into an actual file took forever so you know what I'm like dude I, I have to I have to step up, step up my laptop game so anyways I went to Newegg uh, I found a Lenovo E595 uh, it was upgraded, so I'm, I think the the processor 2.6 gigahertz. Uh, the RAM is 32 because I I found out that you need 32 gigabytes to at least do 4K, uh, but 32 to be comfortable because I want to do a lot of videos and of course the um, the 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 podcast. And then you need a lot of memory. Uh, I think there's two types of memory. There's the HDD, which is the the traditional. Uh, disk drive and then you have what's called SDD which is a flash drive uh, that is inside the SDD is so much better because it it extracts out the the data so much quicker than than turning the wheels of a of a disk drive so that's what I have there and I think I got it for uh, 
like less than a thousand. So, but the graphics card, I think, is what I don't have. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just wondering. So when you tell me, I'm like, you know what? I, I was, I, what I was eyeballing was a gaming laptop from HP. It was the HP Pavilion 15. I was looking at the Republic of Game. I was ready to pull the trigger on Amazon. <laughs> really, really, I, I was really. It was about. You say you say thirteen. I was about to go for fourteen, fifteen hundred. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I think I bought mine on like a Black Friday sale or oh, something, did so it wasn't as too bad. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And so let, let let's get into this question then, right? So what is it? What I'm very curious about. I I have an idea of what it takes to create a YouTube channel, but what does it take for you to create a a video what does it what does it entail it was it's been frustrating i'll be absolutely honest with you it has been so frustrating i could probably do a whole video of outtakes of me nearly in tears and screaming and ready to cry (laughs) because what will happen is because i'm a girl i have to do all of my makeup and to make sure that my hair is done and stuff before i go like so i have to shower get ready Mm -hmm. and I would do all of that and I'd get ready to record and my neighbor would start mowing us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we had that issue with um, with Tony Elves when we did the podcast episode. There was a lawnmower. Yeah, I feel yeah. Let's take a moment for a quick break. And now back to our show. And, or I live like two blocks from a train station. Oh, and no. 99% of the time you can't hear the train, mm-hmm. but there's like a couple that will go through every day that will lay on the freaking train horn like their life depends mm-hmm. on it. And it never fails. It is always as soon as I hit the record button. Like, so I hit record and lawnmowers are going off and trees are getting trimmed down. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, so I had to, I had to figure out how to manipulate around that. And what I, what I've done is I've, I eventually started developing a process for myself Mm -hmm. to make things easier. Like I recognize that Sunday morning is good to record because Sunday morning, no one wants to break out their lawn equipment yet. My kid's still kind of (laughs) sleepy. Like she doesn't want to play Roblox as loud maybe yet in that time of the morning, or I can just be like, Lizzie, can you play Roblox quietly a little bit, please? Um, so I actually developed, and this is my, my new secret. This has uh, helped me at least streamline things okay. a little bit. I developed a content binder. Oh, nice. So yeah. in my binder is different tabs. <clears throat> and I have a tab for courses, a tab for webinars, a tab for uh, AAPCCA stuff that I do. And I have one for YouTube. And what I do is I have, that's where I put my outlines. So when I come up with ideas, like if I'm Mm. on Facebook or something and I see someone go, oh, you know, I can't stand and I can't figure out how to code for this. Or I would really love if someone could explain to me what certification I should get or something. I'll I'll put that in like my keep app on my phone. So I have lists of all kinds of topics and then I'll go through them and I can go, "Okay, well, I'm going to outline it. So I don't script everything. I just outline it. So I outline all the bullet points in my binder and then as I go through and start talking and recording the videos, I just go through kind of my outline that I have nice. written. Sometimes I'll even maybe like tape it on with like a piece of painter's tape or something okay. so I can kind of see it as I'm recording. Oh. <clears throat> and that helps me. So it's not like completely scripted. It doesn't sound like I'm reading a script, but it's, it, I make sure I get all those bullet points. Okay. So you're kind of like, uh, you're storyboarding 
your I think that's the term, right? That's the storyboard. Yeah. Kind of create the storyboard and yeah. you put it up on a wall. You see how you want to transition it and stuff like that. But I think the I think the biggest thing, especially for those that like yourself, you've written articles, you have to write. And and I think right. one of my <laughs> one of my things that I don't like is to write. Um oh. I, I've I've dabbled yeah. in articles, but I just it's like there's so much thought into it and and yeah and And especially especially technical writing is different Mm -hmm. because like i said i used to do pop culture stories Mm -hmm. which were fun because they were about you know toys and junk food and stuff and that and then blogging is very different than technical writing and actually i'm a i'm considered a fellow of the aapc and in order to become a fellow like there's there's very um kind of vague requirements as far as like being involved and then you know doing things for the medical coding community like they say you should just kind of do those things but then they very specifically are like we need you to write a very long technical article like i think it was like 10 pages long or something like that until i wrote it all out and that's like i that's like nails on a chalkboard to me it's like (laughs) doing long technical writing like i it was horrible. It was absolutely torturous. And I submitted it and they declined oh, it. Oh no. So I had I had a friend who who's a professional editor. I'm like, can you like what should I do with this? And he's like, oh, we'll fix here, here, here. And I'm like, okay. So I I went through like three rounds until I finally got approved. Oh, you're kidding <laughs> for this me. Freaking article. And there was like months in between. So I think it took me forever until I was given my fellow status. I actually cornered um uh, AAPC Dave, he was with the AAPC at the time as like part of their um, member development or member relations or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, what is going on with this fellow program? Because he had mentioned it. He was speaking in Philadelphia and I was there. And I'm like, I put in all of this work. And I said, I don't get it. Like to me, being a fellow of the AAPC is like, I go out, I volunteer my time. I get involved not only in my chapter, but in other chapters. Like I dedicate to improving healthcare, but I'm graded on this long technical piece of work. Right like well let's he goes yeah i'm really sorry like we're having some time problems with just getting the papers reviewed so he kind of expedited getting the paper reviewed and then it it, he's like yeah you finally this time like it's it's okay you're you're good to go um but yeah the long technical writing is not great with me i actually write because i'm on the board now i write for healthcare business monthly almost every month like either something about the chapters or um member features like i just did you know member chapter features so those are shorter though they're not like a 10 page oh yeah it's not a dissertation page. yeah that's not a those, thesis those paper not good with but yeah the little articles that are like a page page and a half i'm okay with yeah even those for me those are those are hard like you know you have to um i, I just rather want to i just rather speak it you know just just get it mm-hmm. out in the, in the open and then <laughs> as easy as it is just edit it on the software and, and right. get it out there. Um, so after you storyboard, uh, so that's the biggest thing. I think that's one of the, that's one of the things I've been thinking about. Like, okay, what, am, what am I, where am I going to source my content? Um, you know, I, I have an idea, uh, but then to sit down and create, you know, like a flow of how this video, like you're really getting into the production and the directing and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So once you have your storyboard and you know what you want to, I guess, discuss in your video, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. 
Um, after that, you know, like I, I plan it out on a Saturday and then I record it Sunday morning and then I just like I hit record and I start going. I make sure the lighting's right, like I test it. And I've actually had times where I've almost had to scrap an entire video because like the audio got messed up or something and that's, it's, it's hard. But you, as you learn, you have these instances and you just have to deal with it sometimes. Um, but after I record everything, what I do is then I, I just get like a USB transfer cable, send it over to my computer, and then I upload it into Filmora, and then I start editing it from there after everything's recorded. So I clip out the little sections where I'm, you know, restarting, or I'm waiting for the train to pass, or, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a trick that, that that I showed you the clapping. Like, if there's something wrong mm -hmm. in the video, you have to you have to clap it so that way you see it on the on the audio on the audio side rather than because uh, I learned it through YouTube yesterday. <laughs> instead of yeah. um, instead of searching through the video function, uh, so how so for a typical video and your videos usually last the, the highest that I've seen here is about 15 minutes and you have like so it's like what 10 to 15 minutes. Out of that 10 to 15 minutes, right, how, how much recording do you need to do? Usually 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so usually half of it winds up getting edited out. And it depends because wow. sometimes I'll leave it recording and then I'll go to look at something on my computer and ah. come back and realize that it's been recording video for like five minutes while I'm Googling something. Uh -huh. um, or I'll, I'll go downstairs to tell my dog to stop <laughs> chewing something and... <laughs> And come back up and realize the video was still recording. But for the most part, like I record 30, 40 minutes and, and it gets cut down to like a 10, 15 minute video. And that's just that's just the video part. Right. So just the yeah. content part. So you haven't even discussed, you know, the the other stuff that you add in the visuals, the, the mm -hmm. pop ups and all of that stuff. So that's kind of like extra. But I guess if you I guess the question being asked is then what are some of the basic things is just create a video and a lot of people, I think the term is jump cut. So they yes. they just take a plain video, no intro, no outro, no fancy transitions, no animations, no text, no nothing. And then they just do a simple jump cut video. Basically, you're just, to me, it sounds like the podcast version, but you're doing it on a video. So you're just kind of focusing on what is being said and everything kind of like you just cut it into pieces, the one long video. And you take your message and you just make it sound like you're in one, in one flowing sentence or one flowing phrase. Yeah, and that's where it gets a little bit um, a little bit unique when you're trying to edit because mm -hmm. if you're doing something that they call it the talking head video, where it's just you from you know the chest up and you're the talking head. Right. You know, how do you take that and make it more visual? And I've seen some people that like to use like B-roll, yeah, which term. is just mm -hmm. video where it's maybe, you know, just just cuts of, uh, I don't I don't know what you would do in medical coding, but in most cases it would be like, you know. <laughs> Showing a book a, being a, flipped, uh, keyboards yeah. being typed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Or, but in, in most cases, it's like, you know, people talking in a meeting mm, yeah. or, mm. you know, a scenery or something like that. Um, so I've tried to do a little bit of B-roll, but it's kind of hard to get that in there. So, you know, sometimes, you know, if I'm talking about something and I really want you to pay attention, like I'll do a zoom in, like make mm. my head bigger. So it looks like I'm, you know, like, ooh, pay attention mm -hmm. to this. Um, and you know, pop up images. So that's another thing I'll do is like, if I'm talking about something and I'm like, oh, I, I can put in an image up there. I can have that pop up and show where it is. Like I did one, I think it was talking about, um, 
making six figures in medical coding. And I actually I love, I love that video by the way. Yeah. My, yeah, screenshots of my phone and then had the, that extra video kind of overlay mm. and show over it so you could see that I was like scrolling on Amazon or something. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was some great work. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> I was getting jealous. I was like, wow, that's like, that's some great work there. I'm assuming you you learned that on the fly, like all the the all the the extra stuff. Um, there are things to consider, just the regular video, the B roll, the um, the video within a video. I think that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about with this with the phone. I still have I, I I sure as heck don't know how to do that. Yeah, there was one. There was there was one video that I, I took a long time to edit and I had to figure out exactly how I record it. But I did this video on the modifier 25 and I love these videos that people make online. Like there's a, a juggling the Jenkins where she'll talk about like her struggles with anxiety and she'll dress up in black and pretend she's like her, her anxiety oh, okay. and talking to you have herself. an alternate uh, character. Right. So I thought, Oh, well, wouldn't that be funny if I could do something where I dress up like as a provider and I argue <laughs> with myself. So, so I bought a, a brunette wig and a lab coat. Nice. And I, I filmed myself where I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, how do I execute this? Like, how do I talk back and forth? Do I have to change outfits? And then I'm like, well, no, I guess I'm going to have to script out the entire time of just like me talking oh my gosh. and film that and then change into the wig and the lab coat and then film all of that. Uh-huh. So that's what I had to do. So I had to know exactly what I was going to say during that script so that I could film those two separate sections and then like merge them together. So you actually see me like as, you know, the coder auditor going, Hey, I want to talk to you about, you know, your usage of modifier 25 and then the provider being like, well, you know, everything I do is fantastic. So get out of here. You know, yeah. um, you bring up, you know seriously i was thinking about like you know when i when i created medical coding geek and somehow a youtube channel kind of came into my way back then and and the way that videos are now there are there are some videos out there um uh happy slip is one of them uh z dog is a is a great Mm -hmm. one a great example of how he uses uh different characters aside from Mm -hmm. himself um but in the beginning of this of this podcast, <laughs> you know, you you talk about how you are in, in terms of uh, talking about your self image and stuff like that. How did that, how did how how does how did that transition from then up until now creating characters being lively? Um, like what 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 changed? I, I guess that's the question. Because now, you know, you talk about in the beginning, you mentioned that, but now you're talking about creating characters. You have to be lively. Uh, you have to be, show your personality, uh, mm-hmm. try to get yourself noticed. What, how did you get to that point? That's, that's really my question. That is a very good question. You know, I think just from when I was starting even the YouTube channel, like I had to really watch things that people were doing. Mm -hmm. Like I would watch popular YouTubers and go like, how are they formatting this? How are they doing their cuts? Like, how are they presenting themselves? Mm -hmm. But just kind of generally and speaking of how I've kind of gotten to being more lively and animated, part of it, a little bit, I will say, is because I have uh, just from my experience in motherhood. So I have an eight-year-old daughter, Lizzie. Okay. Lizzie is on the autism spectrum because Lizzie's on the autism spectrum. She actually had a speech regression when she was, I think one year old and didn't speak for a while. So her attention span's not good. Her focus isn't good. So I'm used to like having to be very, 
lively from when she was a toddler because I'm like, hey, Lizzie, 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 pay attention, pay attention over here, my, you know, over here, here, come say, you know, can you say your name? Can you talk? Can you, you know, and and just having to be very animated in order to get my kids' attention. Mm-hmm and starting to pull things from her. So I'm used to like repeating myself. I'm used to having to figure out like different ways to present things or word things to get her attention. So part of that is just from my experience having having a child on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cause I, you know, I, going to, to the videos that I've seen on YouTube, I mean, um, either the regular videos just, you know, like, like sitting here behind a, behind a desk um i've seen the floating head where they're doing a webinar uh but yours is very unique uh and i i like in the, how you show your personality uh mm-hmm. you know it, it it really shows and it 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 it, it, it um how can I say it? it? It makes a difference. That it sh- it, it just yeah. it just sets it apart from everybody else. And I, I like to I like to say you've done a very good job. Now there's one question that I have, right? Based on the video, I think it had to go back to your the the six figure medical coding, right? So mm-hmm. in the beginning of that video, you point to a air air diffuser, the the oil thing. <laughs> yes. Can I can we talk about that? Because I. You see my office here, right? And and um, yeah. can we talk about that? Because I've been looking. <laughs> I know this is not anything related to coding, but uh, I've been looking to getting one. So, how does that help you out in your office? The air diffuser. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? It is uh, oil. Diffuser. Oil diffuser. There oil you go. Diffuser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was one of those things that I was putting my office together, and for those of you who haven't seen the video of how I do my office, my office is color themed like it's all white and gray and rose gold mm-hmm. to the point that I like spray painted my monitor stand rose gold so that it would match everything and I found this oil diffuser that was gray and white and I'm like oh okay this is cute it'll look nice in the background sitting there because um, it matches up and uh, you know I'll get some oils for it and I, I've always been kind of I don't want to make it sound like I'm one of those those essential oils. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But, you know, sometimes it's nice to have like a peppermint or something mm -hmm, going. mm -hmm. And then the one day I found that they have like dessert essential oils or fragrance oils, I guess, that they smell like brownies and cookies and things. And I'm like, oh, well, that'll be great. So I bought it and I actually moved it. It's sitting up here next to my my little um, caution. Okay, it's all the way up there. I see it. All the way up there now. Um, My little medical coder stand and... um, yeah, it's just nice to kind of have a nice fragrance sometime to help you kind of concentrate or, or, or um, you know, just kind of smell nice and, and relax you a little bit as you're working. The only smell that I, you know, when I was younger, as a teenager, I would wear all of these strong colognes, right? And, and it wasn't <laughs> until I got into college that I, I became very, very, very... Um, I don't know, allergic to it or very sensitive to it. I start sneezing at the smell of it. The only smell that I can handle is peppermint eucalyptus. So I have um, a candle there. But when I burn the candle, the the fumes and it gets really strong. So it gets really bad. So I'm wondering if the, the air diffuser provides that light smell. I can't believe we're talking about diffusers at the end of this podcast. But, <laughs> but, 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 um, the one thing that you said in the video is that uh, it, you're you're doing all of these dessert smells. Does it help curb your appetite? That's my question. 
Because I, I, when you said that, I'm like, I really got to have one. Because look, look, look here, look. All right, so hold on, right? So like every day I have, you know, like like snacks and stuff in my in my things. I have, you know, these crackers here. I have drinks here. I make my coffee over here. And, you know, these are like... You know it's serious, and and with the yeah. with the coronavirus and me staying home all the time and cooking at home, you know I've gained some some weight. And so yeah. when I saw that yeah. video, uh, you know aside from the the six figure medical coding, which we could talk about totally separately, which I totally agree on what you mentioned. <laughs> so for those that are listening there, please listen to this video. It's a great message because I've seen a lot of people promote it, and I don't like it. <laughs> if you ask me, just just bar none, I, and just just very upfront. I just don't like when people promote six figure whatever medical coding, health information management, whatever. I just it's it's not it, if it wouldn't sit well with me to promote it that way. Anyways, so the diffuser, the, the so you mentioned that it helps curb appetite. Does it help or doesn't does it or not? Is there an update to that? I you know what I can't say definitively <laughs> if it does or doesn't. But what does it do for um, you? I just I just like the smell of it. Mm-hmm. I think I just like the smell of like cookies and brownies and stuff. So I actually, you know, and this is getting way far off. I know. From medical coding. I, I actually, for the most time, am on a ketogenic diet mm-hmm. because if carbohydrates like touch my lips, it's a feeding oh, wow, frenzy. Yeah. I just eat everything. Mm-hmm. So I stay on it basically so that I don't eat everything. Right. I don't lose any weight on it for whatever reason, okay. but at least then I'm not gaining weight. Right. You're maintaining so yeah i actually to be honest with you haven't even weighed myself since the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> you know with with working from home i pretty much am in sweatpants all the time yeah. anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i did the the last was it the health con in in pajama shorts and every virtual <laughs> session i just where's my jacket? i just grab a jacket i just throw on this these beads to make it seem legit mm-hmm. and then just wear a black shirt and that's it so yeah so I guess it doesn't work, but I, I, I've always wanted to, to get one. Anyways, so let's wrap up this podcast episode. Uh, Victoria, I do want to thank you for being part of the podcast. You've been a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I mean, not even just coding, just 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 promoting your YouTube channel. Uh, so we'll definitely put all that information there uh, in the show notes. So let's get to the last two questions, right? So the last two questions, well, the first of the last two is... What does the future hold for you, considering that you have Contemple Coding, you have your YouTube channel? What does the future hold for you? You know what? I've been thinking about actually moving to starting a podcast now that I'm getting a smoother process down for doing my video Mm -hmm. editing. Because I've realized, like, one of the great things about YouTube is it gives you really good analytics. Yeah, that's the key. And I can see who my audience is and it's primarily women and it's Mm -hmm. primarily women in their 20s and 30s and based off of a lot of the feedback i'm getting i'm finding it's a lot of moms it's a Mm -hmm. lot of new moms that are looking to start a career it's a lot of moms that are you know their kids are starting to get grown and they're looking for a medical uh career and it's something stable and they're like oh medical coding seems interested and they're kind of reaching out so i would love to do almost like a podcast to start going behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and speak to um you know, kind of more specifically, like how I balance being a work from home mom and having, you know, a kid and then working constantly um, and just some of some of that stuff, like talking more about those kind of struggles and saying, you know, it's okay, like, we all have them and give some of those stories about things that that have happened to me that were very unfortunate in the moment, but are probably funny as I'm retelling them to someone else. 
um, and give that feedback and say, hey, no, hey, it's okay. Like these things are going to happen. You just have to deal with them and move on. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, I like the the podcast idea because um, it it how can I say it, it lets you be loose it lets you be yeah. yourself there's no uh, you know when when i hear podcast when i hear the word podcast i think of it should not be scripted it's just whatever yeah. you do uh, yeah. now for me to transition to a youtube environment i have to be scripted and that is not my norm that's not my uh, that's again for me it's usually people that's in their box for me that's outside my box and i'm continuing to do that so kudos for you on the podcast one thing i could definitely suggest that'll be fun of course is is the interviewing part getting people on here you see that you could do it through uh zoom which i just figured out not too long ago which i should have <laughs> thought about years ago uh and, and doing it like this i said why why didn't i think about this i did this on the over the phone uh no understanding that I could not see the person and the transitions were terrible. Now that I could see people, I know when you stop. I know when I stop. I know when I start. I know when you start. So uh, you have an idea and you could record this and then, you know, do whatever on your uh, video video editing software and put it on YouTube. So that's that's one of the things that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to do with this by recording the other person on the other side of the microphone. All right. So the last question of the day is what best words of advice do you have for our audience? So my best word of advice, I think, would be going back to what I talked about with those medical coding extracurriculars. Like just because you have a great career and a great nine to five doesn't mean that you don't have to do something above and beyond that. Like just because you clock out at five o'clock, maybe that's not when your career actually ends. Look into doing something that will elevate you because that's really what made me stand out when I was looking for advanced positions. The fact that I had written articles, the fact that I was doing speaking engagements. I'm very much about promoting the industry. When I have something that was a problem and I figured out how to solve that problem, I wanna share that with an audience on a much better scale, not just with the coders that are individually working wherever I work, but spread that knowledge throughout the entire healthcare uh, industry to make everyone a little bit better and a little bit more successful or have maybe even a little bit less stress when you're helping share how you solve that problem. Well, there you have it. That is my episode with Victoria Mall. Again, if you haven't listened to the first episode, please make sure to check out the first episode from last week. And I'm glad to announce that she has launched a podcast called the Contempo Coding Podcast. And to check out her podcast, please go to ContempoCoding.com. Geek.com.